When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Mad Scientist Roundtable. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, joined by my wonderful co-host, Marie Mayhew. How's it going, Marie? Ah, Happy Halloween! Man, oh. we have been we have been getting a lot of use out of our evil laughs recently. Oh my god! I, I you know what? I gotta like I gotta rein it back in. People are looking at me funny. I bark. Bad bad news. <laughs> This episode, we're going to be talking about our memories of Halloween, our favorite ideas, and some of the cool and a little bit scary myths and legends around Halloween, specifically in America. So we hope you're ready for that one. It's going to be a pretty fun episode. So this episode comes, it's going to come before our special episode with Dave Flora from Blurry Photos, which was a lot of fun. We just recorded that one yesterday. I think it went pretty well. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. He's a lot fun. of fun. Yeah. He is hilarious. Yeah, they're both both of those guys on Blurry Photos are hilarious. Both of the Daves are amazing. And uh, we're going to be talking about, on that episode, our, our fears, our top fears that we all have our around darkest, this holiday season. Our deepest fears. Oh, it, it, was, re- yeah. <laughs> it, it did get kind of dark at the end. It was a little weird. It was a but little, yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Keep it at light. It's going to be great. And we're also going to be, um, so that comes, we have the History of Halloween episode, we have this episode, we have the special with blurry photos, and then we were actually also part of a spooky story uh, collaboration with a bunch of other great podcasters that that should be coming out really soon as well. We'll be posting it here on our channel for you all to enjoy and listen to. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, It's super great. So we hope you're having a good Halloween weekend so far, and let's get into the show. we're getting there oh so slowly okay so dr cogswell what is your favorite memory of halloween you're like sort of my uh my poster child for the guy who absolutely loves this holiday the most. Oh man, that's a lot of pressure, Marie. That is a lot of pressure. But you're pressure. you're also the guy with the giant orange pumpkin shirt. That's very true. I do <laughs> so, have a giant pumpkin shirt. I don't you think know, I Kate, don't think you falsely wear the mantle. Katie told her parents that I was going to be a giant pumpkin for Halloween, and they completely believed her. <laughs> and like her grandma texted her and was like, "Can I see Chris in his pumpkin costume?" Oh my god. And it's like I'm not really. Oh, so funny and you're like damn it katie damn it your family already thinks i'm strange enough with all my occult books and <laughs> alien pictures and crap anyways my so halloween for me is a really it's always been my favorite holiday ever since i was a kid um i've always liked it more than christmas like christmas is great it's a lot of fun you know um definitely always better than easter easter's kind of the like the last holiday mm-hmm. in the calendar for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even it's sort as a kid. Of meh. Yeah, I mean Easter was like especially in a big Italian household, Easter's like 
you go to you go to church. I mean, we went to church every weekend, so it wasn't that mm-hmm. big of a difference for us. But it was like you went to church, and it was kind of like extra long, and it was always hot in church because the churches we went to were like these old. You know, they spoke in Latin or Italian, and it was like, oh, man. And and then on top of that, you ate, like, kind of gross food. Like, you'd eat, yeah. like, lamb and stuff. Oh, it wasn't great. Yeah. You know, um, Paul's mom, or I should say his stepmom, is is Italian. And we would go back for Easter uh, to Connecticut, where they lived for, for, for like, the Easter meal and uh-huh. or for the Easter brunch. And I swear to God. I don't know. I, I'm, make, I'm making a general, general, huge sweeping generalization here, but like, it was like 17 courses, and it opened with like pasta, and then yeah. we'd have ham, and then yeah. we'd have like, uh, and then we'd have like the antipasto, and then we'd have a salad, and then we'd have pasta, and then there was, for dessert there was like regat pie, like do you know what <laughs> I mean? Regatta pie. Yeah, that sounds. That's, that's what she regat. She's, she's like. What you, her name was Ray, and she's you know she was, and is just a very warm you know, and again just like, just very very wants you to eat 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 eat, and it was almost very stereotypical, but it was really true. She'd be like, "What you're not gonna, Marie? You're gonna not gonna have any regard? You gotta have some regard." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Are you kidding? Like I." On the drive back into New York, we literally had to stop at the bathroom like five times because my stomach, it's like my body didn't know what to do with like these. Right, it was panicking. Yeah, it was like (laughs) this huge influx of all this different crazy ass food, like scallops. And it's like, how many different things can I eat that's, you know, going to questionably be digested? And then you end with a little regat. (laughs) You're right, you eat a pie made of Mm -hmm. thick cheese. Yes. Delicious. Mm. Yeah, we, so. Yeah, our Ooh. house, our house, it was like, um... I got the sweats house, just thinking about that. I know. Our ho- yeah, our house, it's like, you start with, like, deviled eggs, and then this yes. like... Oh, God, yes! So it's, yeah, it's deviled oh. eggs and pasta. Usually you have some kind of, like, a, you know, like a something al forno, so like a baked pasta, like mm-hmm. lasagna or mm-hmm. uh, big ziti or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you have that, you have... Then you have the antipasta, which is, like sausage and cheese and bread and focaccia and all this other stuff and then it's like then you get to the actual meal itself and it's like someone made lamb we'd have rabbit we'd have you know um meatballs and oh yes. oh it's bad yes yeah and then like i look at myself today and i'm like how did i get so fat and it's like it's amazing i haven't been fat my entire life you know what i mean like i don't know what i was doing as a kid i must have just been vibrating constantly because like Seriously, it was like in 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 my in my uh, family, it was like if you didn't eat, people were like, "What are you dying? Like, why aren't you why aren't you why aren't you throwing up right now? You know, <laughs> like like you should after a meal. There's that what's that comedian says? He's like, I don't eat until I'm full. I eat until I hate myself. I think it's Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. It's completely true. That is completely the 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 mindset my family has. Anyways, okay, we're talking about Easter. This isn't even a damn Easter holiday episode, Marie. It's not. This is Halloween. But I'll tell you what. That's something that scares me right there. Is the memory, the memory of the Easter meal, and just being like, there's nothing else. There can't be anything else in the kitchen. And lo and behold, out would yeah. come. Yeah. No, there's more. There's always bum, more. Bum bum bum. <laughs> what? So macaroni so, salad. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so for me, Halloween is. Halloween was a weird so Halloween was a weird holiday for me too because it was a holiday that we never we like didn't do Halloween with the rest of our family right mm-hmm. like Halloween was like the one holiday we celebrated at our own house 
And like I had my friends with me and everything. So for me as a kid, it was like a really special holiday. Not that I didn't love hanging out with my cousins and my aunts and uncles and everything, but it's like, you know, it's, it's different being able to go and do something fun and have like a, a day where you're dressed up and you're being weird and you're out in the neighborhood with your friends, mm-hmm. you know, like that didn't happen. We never, I think we celebrated Christmas at my actual house once, huh. um, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like other times we went to my uncle's house and that was great and a lot of fun, but you know, you're not at your own house. It's not like, you know, if I got like a PlayStation, I had to set it up on my uncle's TV. Uh, you know, it's, it's just yeah. different. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So Halloween, for, for me as a kid, Halloween was actually, it kind of morphed over time because when I started as a kid, Halloween was, yeah, you know, you'd get dressed up and we'd go all, like, we went all out, you know, with our costumes and stuff. Like, my mom, my mom actually, it's funny, she sent me a picture the other day on her cell phone that she was going through our basement, which just has, has loads of stuff, random crap from throughout my lifetime, and she found a, like, a a mask that she had made for me to be Gambit one year from the X-Men. Wow. Right. And she was like, she was like, oh, I thought this was just like a piece of trash t-shirt or something. And then she's like, but I looked at it, it's got this hole in it. She was like, I can't figure out what it is. And I was like, Oh, it's from, it's from when I was Gambit. Like, look, it fits on your head. So anyways, <laughs> good times. So your, your mom still is like, now what is a Gambit? Yeah. My, my mom was like, oh yeah, right. You're, when you were the Gambit. That when makes you, perfect yeah, the, sense. The Gambit. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. God. That's so awesome. Yeah. Ridiculous. So actually I remember that year too. I was Gambit. And then a lot, of, that was like the year, I think we were like maybe 10 years old. So a lot of my other friends, like a lot of our friends were like getting to be at that age where they were like too old for like normal trick-or-treating Halloween. This was like, yeah. that was probably the last year that we trick-or-treated fully. Yeah. Like unironically. Yeah. Right. And then when we were like 15, we were like, Oh, let's go trick-or-treating. But like in my head, I was like, I can't fucking wait to go trick-or-treating. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, I remember one of my, one of my friends dressed up as kid rock that year. Oh my God. And it was like, like looking back at it now, that's so strange. It's so frightening. It's a little so scary. Frightening. That's a scary that's almost, costume. That's, that's almost good. the scariest costume we could have picked. Anyways, oh, so, so yeah, when I was a kid, Halloween was like the traditional trick-or-treating, all that stuff. As I started getting older, though, so on top of that, too, let me just let me just rephrase, reset the scene here. My family, even though we all didn't go to get together, we all we went all out on Halloween. So, and when I say we didn't get together, I mean like the day of usually we were at our house, like you'd come home from school, get in your costume, or you'd go to school in your costume. You'd come home and you would just, you know, go out and trick or treating and do whatever. But like the whole month leading up to it, like my, my family, we decorated our house pretty intensely. My uncle and aunt in Jersey, they decorated their house. Like it was a freaking Halloween superstore. It was amazing. <laughs> right? Like I, that's some of my favorite memories. My aunt Janice, I don't, my aunt Janice has like a a whole storage uh, locker that's dedicated to just her holiday stuff. Oh my god! She'll she'll decorate for even the small like like the most random holiday, right? Like she's got like like on President's Day, her house was decorated for it. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, like it's ridiculous, and I love it. I have, I love it so much. I, I I fully know that my love of decorations and holo- like holidays and stuff came from my aunt Janice. Like it, oh my that's god. Un- undoubtedly where it formed for me. But yeah, like so they would have a huge Halloween party every year, and like their house was full of you know 
you know, eyeball candies and like, you know, zombie wall painting and everything. It was, it was great. And, but then over time, as I got older in New York city, Halloween was a, like, there was kind of the earlier day before sundown where kids would just kind of go out and like trick or treat and have fun and everything. But then the minute that it started getting dark, like I'd say like four thirty, five o'clock, Halloween would devolve into a night of shaving cream and eggs and toilet paper and Dude, throwing punk. pumpkins everywhere. Well, like <laughs> roving hoods. Thank you, Marie. Thank you. You know what? That's, that's all I ever wanted to hear as a fifteen-year-old that I, that some adult would be like, "What a punk!" You punk. Like, yeah, like we we like on. I don't even know if it's still this way. I haven't been home. Like I haven't been to Staten Island for a Halloween in a long time, right? Like you know, we went to. I was in college and now mm-hmm. Boston and whatever. But yeah, like the streets were like the streets were covered in shaving cream. Oh um, eggs were, were everywhere, broken eggs. Like it smelled like shaving cream. You could probably have lit the air on fire oh from God. the noxious fumes. It was, it was amazing. It was so cool. And so it, and like the thing was too, kids, like it, it, sometimes it was like pretty normal. Like it was just kind of like for good fun, but then some neighborhoods, it became like a chance for the kids to go on a full on vendetta against like neighbors. They didn't like, right. So I remember great kills. So I live in, I lived in a part of Staten Island called Eltingville mm-hmm. and like the parts of Staten Island I grew up in are like the rich, um, like there's kind of a gradient actually, as you get more Southern, as you go more closer to New Jersey in Staten Island, like, like more and more South mm-hmm. through the borough, it gets more and more rich and like, it yeah. gets to be more and yeah. more rich, more and more like, you know, old Italian and Irish families that live in mansions and are like, you know, I can't believe this mayor's thing gonna tax our soda pop. I can't use it's a nanny state, I tell you. Meanwhile, their you know their relatives died fighting Mussolini. Right. You know, like a real a real fucking nanny state. Anyways, so they um you know so anyway so like, but great kills was kind of like the barrier between the rough parts of Staten Island and like the nice parts of Staten Island, you know, or not not the nice parts necessarily, but I guess like, like there were, there were neighborhoods where if you went there and you were driving a car, your car was going to get covered in shaving cream and like your paint was fucking destroyed, you know, like you couldn't, you couldn't drive that. This is like the purge. Yeah, it really was. It really was like the purge. And there's and, then and I, there's our now now known as Doctor Cox while running around being like, ah, yeah, me with, me with, me with I remember my dad. I remember my dad. My dad didn't know that I went out and did that stuff on oh. Halloween, right? Oh, yes. And yeah. like, because my my parents got my parents got divorced, and so my like I, we had this really fucked up uh, like week on week off thing that mm-hmm. doesn't work for kids and don't do it, parents. But like, so I spent a week at my dad's and a week at my mom's pretty much. Mm-hmm. And if Halloween was on my dad's, if Halloween was at when I was at my dad's, I would skateboard over to my mom's house oh in that God. neighborhood. Cause that's where I had all my friends. Right. 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 And then, um, and then love one it, Halloween. The fact I, that you had a skateboard too. Kind of want to hear oh, more yeah, about the course. skateboard, but okay, oh yeah. Going, oh, I was so bad at, I was so bad at it. Marie. <laughs> but so I had that. So then. So then I, I remember I came back, like I went out with like a backpack full of shaving cream and eggs and toilet paper and whatever. And then we like, whatever, it was, you know, fun and, and nuts and mm-hmm. whatever. In our neighborhood, 
our neighborhood, it was much more safe, I would say, than other neighborhoods. Like, yeah. no one's house ever got egged or shaving creamed. Um, right. It was more like the adults were like, okay, they're going to do it. Just do it on the street. Have fun. Don't get on anyone's car. If it gets on someone's car, clean it up right away. You know what I mean? Like, we're we're gonna be standing in the driveway drinking drinking our beer and smoking yeah. our, and smoking a menthol. Yeah, pretty like pretty much right. It, it yeah. pretty much was kind of that way in our neighborhood. So, um, oh but yeah, but in Great Kills where my dad lived, it was like fucking anarchy. You know, I remember I remember one year there was um I remember one year there was what was it like some it was baloney I think. Oh, yeah, baloney. Yeah, baloney. Uh, there was a rumor that went around that if you put baloney on someone's car, it would ruin the paint. Oh right? God. And so kids, like, in school were like, I got some fucking baloney for tonight. Yeah, I got some Oscar um, Mayer. Yeah. Sold out like, at all the convenience shops. Yep. Yeah, it was ridiculous, right? So, um. Is that true? Actually, I mean. So, actually, I, I looked it up, actually. Yeah. Um, this says, um. This, this, so this is from uh, Snopes. The message board's on Snopes.com. Yeah. It says, soda, peanut butter, bologna, any food item that uses phosphoric acid as a preservative will peel the paint off a car. Huh. I'm glad we're eating So that. not all versions of these foods contain the acid, but there are versions that do. And actually, this person says, as a bored kid growing up in Queens and on Long Island, we used to throw <laughs> golf balls covered in peanut butter at cars from an overpass. Jesus. <laughs> Good God. You guys are like... This, like that's what I love is too is that he, you're you're looking it up to validate your Halloween hijinks of baloney, and your validation not only not only comes but it's like an additional story with peanut butter, yeah, and golf I didn't balls even, from I your mean, same neck amazing. of the woods. It was probably yeah, someone yeah. you knew. It might it might have been. I mean, it's a big city, but yeah, maybe. Anyways, that so like yeah so so I remember I came home. And my dad was like, why do you smell like shaving cream or whatever? My dad was, my dad was a total hard ass um, at that point. And I was like, I, I just remember being like, it's Halloween. Like you can't, you can't not smell like shaving cream. You know what I mean? Like I got hit with shaving cream. Like, what do you want me to say? You're whatever. not the boss of me, old man. No, and, well, and then, and then from that point forward, I always made sure to be at my mom's house for Halloween. Ah. Yeah. But so it was, it was a lot of fun though. Halloween was a good, like Halloween was a good holiday. Looking at it now as an adult, I'm sure the adults in New York hate it. Like absolutely hate it. Oh my god, yeah. Um, you know, and like and the thing is too, there's no there's no rhyme or reason for it either. It's not like like we were in the Halloween episode we talked about mischief nights where historically it was like, you know, if a a, a neighbor doesn't give out candy or isn't celebrating Halloween, you hit their house up with T P and eggs and whatever. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. That there was no reason for it. As far as I could tell. It was just it was just random destruction. You know, um, you just got the chance. You had this sort of anonymity, right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's definitely a part of it too. You had the you had yeah. permission, and you had anonymity, and you were sort of. It was like the one night that everything is flipped, right? You are expected to go out after dark. You're expected to run in the street. You're expected to take candy from stranger. It's this total inversion of anything else during the course of the year. Yeah, it's so, honestly, I don't even know. I think the only other holiday that used to come close to it in terms of that in New York, yeah. at least, was was New Year. Uh, not New Year's was um was the 4th of July. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, because yeah, yeah, because yeah. in New because in New York, at least, it's illegal to have fireworks. Oh, God. Yeah. But nobody cares. So it was like in the 4th of July, you would you like you would try to see whose block could get the most cops on it. 
You know what I mean? It was seriously, it was like, I, I don't know what, I don't know what the law enforcement was doing at that point, but it was like, like no one cared, you know, like, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Fireworks are illegal in New York. Okay. Who cares? They're not illegal in Pennsylvania and Connecticut and you know what I mean? And like three blocks away, pretty much like, yeah, yeah. Like, 30 minute no, drive and you right. Got, like there's like, not, there's, there's not a giant weapon grade um, magical. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so actually now what they do on 4th of July is they actually put there, there are cops that'll like, there are cops that'll wait at like across the border mm-hmm. where you can just like, cause like you get, you cross the border into Pennsylvania and it's like fireworks because they, they know, you know what I mean? Like they, they totally know. And, yeah, and so, um, it, it's like, if you have a New York plate and you go into one of those lots and then you come back to New York, they'll stop you on the highway and they'll be like, Oh, you were speeding, whatever. They'll pull you over for any small infraction. And then they'll find the fireworks and you get a giant fine. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anyways, they nice. haven't banned shaving cream yet. That damn, those damn nanny states. Damn nanny states. Them in the baloney. <laughs> them in their baloney. Yeah. Their how baloney. About, how, so how about you, Marie? I'm assuming less anarchic than my Halloween. Yeah. Go, go figure. Uh, go yeah, figure. Go figure. Well, so I grew up in Colorado and like come October 31st, there's an excellent chance it was going to be really cold. And or there was going to be snow. So I feel like, you know, like half the time or more than half the time, you couldn't even tell what your costume was because you would go out and before you could even get out the door, they'd be piling coats on you and hats and mittens and scarves. (laughs) And then you'd be so damn cold that you'd be like, "Eh, and then you'd be like, we've got to get back inside. It's too cold. Um, But now I just I mean, like as a kid, it's kind of the same way. I don't think I had the same the same. uh, What is it? That same jejun. uh, uh, enthusiasm for mayhem and destruction as you did, but like, <laughs> so yeah. So my my Halloween definitely wasn't wasn't as madcap adventure as yours. I think <laughs> I think like I was saying, we would we would be bundled up, we would be freezing. I would say like the times that like when I was younger, sometimes we would even be visiting my grandparents. So I would, you know, and there's something sort of depressing about like if you are at some place besides your home like you were saying like this is the holiday you had that you were sort of at your home yeah. and it was your home base and you you knew your neighborhood so well that you could go out in the dark and all this stuff and it's like I remember being like uh, in Pittsburgh for it and I was very young and I would only get to go like I'd get all dressed up because I was either like a leopard or a witch it was my nice. two big ones yeah it was my those were my those were my go-tos you know okay. and I remember my mom like even sewed like the little the little um the little leopard costume with the ears it was super cute I wore that for like years and years and years Aww. um I know it was super cute um but you would go to like you'd kind of go up and down a couple blocks and that was you know you'd be like all right we're gonna go you know and it's sort of like in grandparents neighborhood so you'd get a lot of pennies and apples uh. And boxes of raisins and the shit worst. like that, right? And yeah. So, like, so it was still still okay, and then you'd come back. But, like, you know, you get, especially when you get older, too, you definitely go from, like I was saying, it's, like, this very exciting kind of, like, you're, you're still a kid, and you're out in the dark, and you're running around, and you're getting candy. And it, there is something, like, totally inverse that makes no sense about it, that, you know, it's, it goes against everything else that was put before you that year as rules of being rules of growing up. So that's fun. But then like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's like, I don't know if they still do that now, but um, in Boulder, Colorado, where I grew up, they would shut down the, uh, we had like sort of this big 
walking mall downtown called Pearl Street Mall. Okay. Where it was just sort of a, you know, a thoroughfare where you would go and there was a lot of shops, uh, you know, a lot of like restaurants, yada, yada, yada. But like every Halloween, every drunken person would just converge <laughs> on that, right? And there was, they would be like, we're going to have this, you know, the, the, the um, associations would be like, we need to stop this because it's like rioting and looting. And like Boulder, God love you, Boulder, Colorado, but you're the whitest town on the face of the planet. <laughs> and it was like, somebody somebody would set fire to a trash can and boom, you know, it was like, we, we right. can't have this. Anarchy in the streets. Oh, you yeah. know, clutch, clutching me- out pearls. Me- oh. yeah. yeah, meanwhile, there's Chris, you know, dropping. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah, lighting uh, lighting fires to trash cans on the, on the yeah. everyday just for warmth. Just, you know, just I'm in just... the urban jungle that I grew up in. Yeah, but it was still it was very like you know I can remember being like oh my god at Pearl Street Ada. so you know you got to be like more of a teenager and you do stuff like that but it's like it was I think it was pretty fun I like now I think of it and it's like I go out you know since I have a younger kid go out and we go trick or treating and you do the costumes and you still dress up in the costumes and there's something really fun about it and it's like I feel like even as a parent like you get. Uh, if you go to certain neighborhoods, adults are still crazy for this holiday and they'll like shut down entire blocks kind of where we live now. And it's, you know, they put up the sawhorses and they don't like cars in, they don't have any kind of like, there's no uh, licensing or permitting for any of this, but like the whole block becomes the haunted house or the whole block has the theme and everybody's trying to, you know, and they go through upwards of like, you know, some crazy, like 50 bags of candy or some crazy, nothing like that. And it's like, it is just like this huge event, which is, I think it's kind of cool. And it's kind of fun to see that still. Cause it's like, I feel like there was a certain, I don't know if it's like, again, me looking back and being like, oh, back in my day, we were a lot crazier, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe it was just the times we grew up, but there was a lot less, I don't want to say supervision, but there was a lot less concern about, maybe not, I, I don't know if that's the same you know, if I'm romanticizing it, but definitely feels like now, I don't know if I would just let my kid just take off into the night, <laughs> you know, yeah. with a pillowcase, with a pillowcase and a prayer and be like, see you when I see a kid, you know, it's yeah. like, I don't know if that was, eh, eh, eh. and it's, I feel like there was a lot more latitude towards that and a lot more like, again, that that's the community was going to take care of their own type of thing, right. which just is not necessarily... It's not necessarily how I would view it now. Well, you know, you know what's really interesting actually for me is like, like you were saying all that in all the all that stuff about like inversion of moral norms and, and things, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, I think you know, that's a, a traditional part of the Halloween uh, mythos, right? Is this yeah. sub, this subversion of moral norms? But mm-hmm. like for me as a kid, like I, I don't know. I feel like so. I, I mean, I I didn't have a I didn't have a normal childhood. So it's like a bad, it's a bad, um, it's a bad example, I suppose. But like, I remember I really liked, I really liked Halloween because it was kind of like, like when I was a kid, I used to sneak out all the time at night, right? Ooh, just like, just uh-huh. like go walking outside at nighttime. I loved it. Right. Um, and like, you know, so like, there's a lot of like, I'd say by the time I was like 12, my parents were like, you'll be okay. You know, like my, my mom, my mom tried a lot harder i would say it's like uh-huh. like my dad had very specific strict rules like I, like I don't know why but like there was something being a kid like i remember being a kid as being really scary all the time you know what i mean like being yeah like there's something there's something really scary to being a kid 
that it's kind of like I think Stranger Things really shows mm-hmm. it really well. And yeah. I don't I don't know yeah. if it's still a part of being a kid now. Like I mean I'm sure it is, like being online and stuff, like that shit's scary. You know what I mean? I mean you you could be some stupid kid that uploads a YouTube video of you singing and suddenly you're like Getting death threats and whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bags of worms sent to your house or whatever. And like, that shit never goes away. Yeah. No, yeah. and yeah, now it's even worse because it's permanent yeah. damage, it's permanent. right? It'll never go away. Yes. When, when I like, I I remember, I remember Halloween as being like the night where people stopped pretending that things were like. I liked Halloween because it was a time where where people were allowed to be outwardly afraid of stuff. Yes, and outwardly, and outwardly, like seeing the, you know, like. But the thing is, too, it was, it did feel like a big party, a big, like a big community of people in your neighborhood, you know. Yeah. And so it was like it was. It's a nice. It's a period of time for you to be afraid, but in a safe way, right? It's kind of like a a way to get rid of your your dread uh, anxiety, I guess. In a nice, in a nice, non-constructive way, but in a nice way. Well, I think yeah, that's true because I think like kids in general like you said like there's i don't think there's anything said like a normal childhood right i think that that's almost more of the myth that even puts even more anxiety on people it's like oh sure yeah you know what i mean it's like i feel like you're right you have all this sort of angst and anxiety as a as as a kid you know just from growing up and just from being like you're entering teenagers and you're, you've got hormones and it's like it's like neurotoxins in your system and it's crazy and you don't know what to do and like you're right. Like this one night, you kind of have, you have the ability to have something, to have it all sort of make more sense or be sure. safer in a way. Yeah, or at least yeah. be fun, right? Yeah, yeah. It could, it, right? It could be a fun, it could be a fun thing, I guess. And it was, and you know, and it, it was. Uh, I mean, it was a great time. I loved Halloween. Halloween is like probably some of my favorite memories as, as a kid, you know. But there are a lot of, there are a lot of, specifically American fears and myths and things around Halloween, right? Oh, yeah. So, and I mean, and I think I think that's a part of the episode that we just did that I didn't really get to point out so hard was, because, you know, we, we come from a long line of other holidays, which, by the way, quick, before I forget, mm-hmm. um, in that episode, I said, I said that the Irish festival of Halloween was known as Samhain. It's actually pronounced Samhain. We've gotten about 20 emails from very, uh, very great listeners. Thank you so much for shooting out those emails and, you know, keeping us honest here at the Mad Scientist Podcast. We appreciate them very much. Yes. I actually, as soon as I got the first email, I was like, crap. Yeah. I was like, I, I feel like I knew that and I just didn't even think about it. Stupid mistake. But anyway, so Samhain. Yes. Samhain Marie. Samhain. So we, so our yeah. Halloween, our Halloween traditions come from Samhain, come from the Aztec uh, Day of the Dead ritual that became the Day of the Dead that is currently celebrated in Latin America, especially Mexico, and then we have this idea of the Roman holidays of you know um, All Hallows, Tide, All Hallow Eve, all that kind of stuff historically yes. mixed in. But America has really, I think America has done a lot for the terror genre generally right like yes for some reason even though even though we have like serial killing right (laughs) serial killing seems to be one of our chief exports in america like there have been bad there there are bad serial killers in other countries and in fact 
I think that the reason why it seems that America is so above the curve there is because a lot of the horrors that we consider here to be serial murder or outside the norm of what normal society should be are in other places crimes that are usually unreported, right? Like, seriously, like, child trafficking, like, in some other countries, child trafficking, it's like, yeah, that's, that's what fucking happens. You know what I mean? Like, where we live, we're destitute. We, we live on less than a penny a day. We're going to sell our kids dark. if we have to. I know. Dark. I know it's dark, dark, but it's true. But it's absolutely true, right? So, anyways, okay, not to get off too, too far off here. It is a Halloween episode, Marie. It's going to get dark. <laughs> to not get too far off the map here, like, like, I think everyone, every neighborhood had the story of the local, like, creep, like the pedophile, or the guy that you thought mm -hmm. was like, that guy's definitely collecting heads mm -hmm. in his basement, right? I think, yeah, well, you know, kind of, I think, I agree with you, you know, I agree, I think, yes, I agree with you, and I think that what really helped fortify this, not so much was the, leg or the idea of the serial killer, because that, I think, contributed to it, but was the advent of the American slasher film. Yeah, absolutely. And the the quintessential American slasher film. I mean, you can have favorites, and I think you can have, this is debatable, but that's Halloween. That's yeah. Jamie Lee. Yeah, it right? is. Right? Yeah. That's, and I think to me, that is like, that cemented so much, again, like about about this, this, this fear of the unknown and this idea of like kind of the urban legend coming to life and, and, created an entire genre that is self-propagating to this day. Yeah, well, is yeah. It, that's American. Like that to me is there is there's other countries that do fabulous horror and terrifying movies and films, but nothing quite like the slasher film. No, definitely not. And the thing is too in other again like I think I think Hollywood plays a huge role in how Halloween has been shaped, right? Like, mm -hmm. the idea even of getting... Like, I can go to the mall right now and buy a slasher movie quality mask for, oh, like, yeah. $30. Right? Good stuff. And you know what the mask from Halloween was, right? You know who it, that was. I do know, but tell the listeners, Marie. So, and this is this is what cracks me up, is because this was so... This is really the cheapest thing they could have done, was they took a mask of what was supposed to be Captain Kirk yeah. and turned it inside out. You know what's funny? Since or painted I, it white, right? Since I read that, I have n I, I cannot not see that face. Like, whenever I see, like, whenever I watch Halloween, I'm like, that looks so much like fucking Captain Kirk. <laughs> you expect him to be like, Spock, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to I'm here. kill you. Yeah, like, it's just, like, you can't unsee it. You know, How are we supposed to communicate with the aliens if we can't even talk to one another? <laughs> I love him. So good. So hey, good. Man. I love I yeah. love him. Um yeah, and to me that was but it's like that that was so ingenious to come up with something. Like I mean, I, I don't I haven't read very much else about that particular film, but I can only imagine like the prop guy. They went through several rounds of like well, what's scary? Yeah, it would be a scary thing, and he, and I can only imagine that they had all sorts of terrifying masks. But this mask of just this white, you know, expressionless, barely it's it's barely a face. It's got this uncanny read that's barely recognizing as a face with sort of this weird hair is just really good. 
and probably cheap. It was probably the last thing they came up with. Is oh, absolutely. You know, like, yeah. They'd be like, fuck it. We're out of budget. You're using this. <laughs> right. You have to wonder if the guy was just like, like, like joking with his friends. He was like, we should just use a stupid, uh, a stupid <laughs> mask turned inside out. Ha 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 ha. That's all in good fun. And then his friend went to like the director and was like, I have a fucking great idea. <laughs> You're like, don't, don't tell Billy. Don't tell Billy. <laughs> But I came up with this idea for sure on my own, and we definitely weren't smoking pot behind the, the, the craft table. Like, we, I promise we We definitely weren't. weren't using up all of our money, all of right. our budget on, on drugs. Right. right, on drugs, and then we had to buy this shitty cheap mask. Well, it was Carpenter, yeah. too. That's the thing. John Carpenter, yeah. man. Yeah, So, yeah, it's, it, it is... Ingenious. It, yeah, it is... I, I do think that, like, the horror, the horror movie and the horror genre itself especially in terms of modern day stuff has, you know, came a lot from Hollywood. But then we also have though very uh, traditional American folk tales that are pretty mm-hmm. scary still to this day. Right. Like, so the legend of sleepy hollow is one uh, that immediately comes to mind when you're thinking of Halloween, at least for yes. me. Yes. And I think that that's, and again, like just coming straight out of it being, an American story written by an American author, right? Washington Irving. And yeah. it was like, I want to say, you know, talking about sort of colonial countryside and what is this, the legend that comes up. And it's with, of course, the headless horseman who has the jack-o'-lantern right for the head. Yeah. It's... Which is just, that is just, you know, it's still creepy. And it's like, it lasts pretty well. I have a, like I said, my daughter loves that story it's a great story and she, and she like retells it to me like at around christmas time still you know she'll just whip that thing out whenever she can and she's like this is so good you know and as you can tell it's like so spooky and scary yeah it's a it's a good one i mean it's so it's so good i love i love that story so much and i love to the i love to how like the story itself is of this again it's of a a coward Right. It's of a mm-hmm. man who is who is cowardly. And mm-hmm. it, it again, it, it speaks to kind of that. That unseen danger just around the corner. That's always like one thing, one feeling I always got. And I don't know if this is just from me or if this is true even for um, for people that live in Europe today. But like Europe feels very civilized. Right. I've never mm-hmm. been. I've never been. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, you know, whatever pinkies out. You know, powdered wigs and etc. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, like every part, every part of Europe that I've ever been to, and I'm, you know, to be fair, I have not been to that many, but it's always seemed to me like because of how long the history has been, and because of how um, civilized in the sense of like civilization existing there, it has mm-hmm. been for so long that you kind of lose. Like the fear, the the things that are scary in European lore, are like the ghost story, let's say, which are these stories of like it's always been a story, I suppose of it's like nature. His, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say, I'm kind of bungling this completely horribly. No, no, no. Um, I think I think I know what you're saying. I think what I know I'm, what yeah, you're on about. What I'm trying to say is, in America, there's still so much unexplored region. There's yes. still so much unknown in America. It is, it's the unknown. Yes. That, that there's still a little bit of truth, a little bit of edge to these stories of there's something out there that we don't yes. know about. Right. That's why, that's why I think Bigfoot, why UFO stories, why skinwalkers, why all of these, these mythologies, regardless of if they're true or not, 
I think that's why they take such strong hold in America, but don't necessarily gain such a footing in European countries. Because yes. again, in Europe, it's kind of like, you know, like when I, when I lived in New York, mm-hmm. the idea of a UFO existing out there was, was seemed so out of, or even Bigfoot seemed so out of the realm of possibility to me because the biggest forest I had ever seen was Great Kills Park, which was like three miles by three miles. If that, if that, right? And full of trails and water fountains and stuff and lights. Like, you know, it was scary. And benches. Yeah, like it was scary because of the crackheads. It wasn't scary because of the unknown, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like even New Hampshire, like going up there, you could find forests that went on for for untold miles, you know? And there were still bears. And like, that's, you know, it's, and, it, and so in America, I feel like there's a little bit of, again, there's always that edge of the unknown still out yeah. there, yeah. you know? And then on top of that, we have serial killers and all that, and it just builds. <laughs> Continue, well, sorry. No, no, I think with Europe, Europe is about, uh, like you said, it's about sort of the civilized, the civilization, the civilized, and the horror comes from the intrusion into that, right? Yes. So it's like, it's like Dracula is... Is the uh, is the bloodsucker intruding into oh, the natural world? One hundred percent, yeah. Or it's it's about um, sort of the intrusion of the new technology, which Frankenstein, right? Like, yeah. we're stepping beyond. We we are so good at what we are doing. We are so controlled, and we're stepping too far, right? So again, it's all about sort of civilization and control. But like America, you're right. America is you come over, you know, you settle, and you know, you could come back, uh, you know, after going out to get supplies and find, you know, Roanoke or Crow, you know, whatever, you know, find, find whatever. What was the carved on the tree? I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Yeah, it was no Krakatoa. No, what is it? It wasn't Krakatoa. Krakatoa. It wasn't Krakatoa. <laughs> That's not right. It was. I was um, so good up until that point. I believe it. What wasn't it? Roanoke. Ooh. Roanoke was the settlement. Virginia Dare was the firstborn, and they carved something on that tree. Oh, everyone out there screaming it at us, and we just I know. can't hear it. So, anyways, so it's like that, and it's like everyone's gone. So it's sort of like, but what happened? There's like, there's just zero, you know, just zero idea, and it's the great unknown. And I think what. What movie really, really did this really, really well? Blair Witch. Blair Witch Project. Yes. Hit this perfectly was 100%. the idea that there was somewhere in America. Like, again, you should be able to walk over any crest of any hill and be able to see a 7-Eleven, right? In the back yeah. of your mind, that's what it is. And something something that is unknown, that is in, in the forest, that is going to, you know, kind of wipe out your being is still out there, I think was really good. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, again, that's so uniquely American. And that's one of the, the things that is especially good about Halloween, too, because you're yeah. going out in the dark and it's, you know, you're trying to face that kind of scary fear. Right. Totally. So the word the word is Croatoan. 
You were super close. Oh, it's so close. Yeah. So close. Crack I'm surprised at how close Krakatoa was. I don't even I don't even know exactly what Krakatoa is. Is this Krakatoa a volcano? Krakatoa is a volcano, but then the Kraken is a uh, is a giant sea beast. And we've come full circle, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. So what will actually so one one also kind of funny thing that I think started happening in maybe mm-hmm. the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Right, we talk about the satanic panic. Right, we did that mm-hmm. episode on the satanic panic. Oh. And on top of that too, we had this. Uh, we had a, a fear that came across America of people poisoning candy. People right on Halloween, giving on out apples Halloween. with yeah apples with razor blades and um, you know yes. all kinds of stuff. Right, and. I remember that too. Like I remember, mm-hmm. I distinctly remember a year where my like my dad made us go through our candy. Oh, we always had to. That's we so, always had to. It seems so nuts to me. It's like you know, like we only went trick or treating in our fucking neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, but yeah, Bill down the block is trying to kill everyone's kids. Like yeah. it's, it's not a crime you can get away with. If Mr. McGunster is actually you know poisoning candy, I think we have a bigger problem. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like that's not that's not the first crime you commit, right? Like why right. is this person living in polite society? Like exactly, you know, why is he not a cul-de-sac? Right. <laughs> yeah, we're going exactly. We're going from like we're going from um from like petty criminal probably to like full blown fucking Batman Mass villain. murder. Yeah, yes, you know exactly. it's ridiculous. Actually, you know exactly. what? You know what you just reminded me of, Marie? Actually. Huh. What? I remember. Oh God! When I was a kid, I remember. I so, remember a, a neighborhood poisoner. <laughs> oh, so we're gonna get we're gonna get into the poison candy thing. I promise, listeners. But this re, this reminded me of a story, or it reminded me of reminded me of a bunch of stories from when I was a kid. Um, again, where I grew up at my mom's house was was very, um, you know, like you know the, every tr- the trees that you would see were like mm-hmm. in front of someone's house on like. I'm not even kidding, like a two foot by two foot plot of grass, right? Like they put the trees in as like a secondary thought where they were like, oh, we need oxygen. You know, like we can't get it all from Jersey because there's chemical plants along the, the waterway. We have to get some some air here naturally somehow. Ah, oh, Jersey. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. um, but my dad's house where we lived was on this, this like weird cul-de-sac within a cul-de-sac kind of thing. And behind someone's house there was a like almost an uh, an alley i want to say almost mm-hmm. but it it went to a uh like a little graveyard oh dude and then past that graveyard or i thought it was a little graveyard when i was like, a kid at least i'm sure it isn't i'm sure it's just someone's fucking backyard <laughs> that all the kids in the neighborhood were just like breaking into and walking through and then behind it though was a giant like when I again when I was a kid it seemed giant but I'm sure again it's like like I'm pretty sure you could hear cars from every point inside of these woods oh, yeah. but it but as a kid it seemed like a a expanse of unbroken forest if and you if, tell me I, pet if you tell me there was a pet cemetery no 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 okay, no no no, no, no. and in the fucking no episode. no no it's sometimes dead is better yeah. so <laughs> so the um the, oh, this Stephen King. So there was a way. There was a way through these woods that you could get to another little cul-de-sac neighborhood. That again, when I was a kid, it seemed like you walked across the fucking earth. You know what I mean? Like you, like, even though, even though it was literally on the other side of a big Pathmark shopping uh, mall, or like it was on the other side of a shopping mall. But I, you made it through the woods, and the kids on that side of the the woods 
were playing with Transformers when you were playing with Voltron on your side and you were like, oh, these strange people with their strange ways. Where have we come from? You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like a whole new universe. We've tunneled through the earth. We've, we've come to a scary and savage world. And so, this, but so like, like in these woods, whatever, I remember kids would tell stories like, I saw, I saw a UFO in that woods. Like I saw a park or whatever. And then there was a, there was a rumor that within the woods there was like a, a BMX bike trail kind of thing uh-huh. or whatever that like older kids had made. But again, I actually drove by these woods the other day. I'm not like not the other day, but like whatever, as an adult, uh-huh. I'm not even kidding, Marie. They are the <laughs> smallest woods I've ever like. There's like 30 trees. I know, but like, as a kid, again, like as a kid, this is so much more immense. The world is so much more. Yeah, it like, seems so much dangerous bigger. and immense and and mysterious. Oh my and goodness, that's like, I think that that's a huge part of it. And I love the fact that you had a cul-de-sac within a cul-de-sac. It was so and strange. And you're all like, then you're like, kind of, you know, navigating around in the dark, all ninja-like, crawling through people's backyards. It was so weird. It was so weird, Marie. So, anyways. <laughs> So somebody's looking out the window and they'll be like, it's, it's the Cogswell boy again. No, it's not the cat. No, it's oh, not the cat. It's just the Cogswell boy. Should I get the... <laughs> Listen, if my, if my neighbors weren't concerned by my, my neighbors were not concerned at all by my actions. Okay. Like, no, but they, they didn't even seem to notice that anything was weird going on, whatever. Hilarious. <laughs> so, um, so now, so, okay. Mm-hmm. So this idea of poison in the candy, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. This this actually comes from a little bit of a place of truth, Marie. This does come from a place of truth, which is kind of which is kind of scary. Well, I think again, like any good urban legend or myth, it comes from like there's a grain of truth in it, and you don't know if what came first, right? Was it the actual event that came first, or was it the fact that it it was this urban legend that incited or gave license to to somebody to try and use it as to more nefarious means, right? Uh-huh. So do you have, I have actual, I have actual anecdotes of it, of a, the occurrence of a myth. Like yes. This. No, yeah, me too. Me too. I have okay. a couple. So, okay. um, so. I'll let you go first. What's your first oh, okay. one? What, what, yeah. what year is your first one? My first one is from 64. Oh, I have 1959. Oh my goodness, Marie. Snap. Marie is it might be the same right one. It might be the same one. Uh, maybe. So, uh, Dr. William Shine. No, it's not mine. Okay. Dr. William Shine, California dentist, handed out 450 laxatives to unsuspecting trick-or-treaters in the, in, uh, the Halloween of 1959. Well, it seemed no laxatives are far from deadly, right? Not a deadly prank. There were 30 kids that were, you know, had very clear colons. And <laughs> one, and only one that was, one that was reportedly hospitalized. Oh, uh, no one knows why this was done, but... That was that was definitely one of the first the uh, one of the first uh, episodes on record, and I'm getting this from a website Halloween called HalloweenLove.com. <laughs> so, which is legit. <laughs> this reminds me of another story from when I was a kid, Marie. Oh Jesus Christ! My, uh-huh. <laughs> my and you know what? Here's the thing. Let's just back it up because it's like I said the word laxative somewhere in here, and I think that I think that opened another door in the Cogswell Memory Palace. It did. It oh did. God! It did. It, it is the laxatives, Marie. 
Uh, is laxatives. So, uh, like, my grandma, my oh grandma God. used to, like, hoard stuff. I mean, you, yeah, oh, you used to hoard a fuckload of stuff, right? I don't like how this story's adding up. It's so, it's so. We have hoarding and laxatives It's okay. Halloween. All right. And so, okay. uh, yeah, so we were, it wasn't on Halloween. We were, oh, okay. we were in the car with her, and mm-hmm. she was like, oh, do you kids want some chocolate? And she mm-hmm. gave us chocolate. <laughs> And it was like laxative chocolate. And we didn't realize and I ate it and I went home and I pooped my brains out. <laughs> and then my mom, my mom, my mom one day, like not far afterwards, was like, don't take any chocolate from Nona because she's been giving out laxative chocolate. And I was like, oh, I know. Oh, I know, Dora. I know. My body so, knows. Here's what's so funny is that your mom, you you have to warn against Against grandma. Oh my god, taking, all the time. Taking candy from grandma. All like. the time. My grandma didn't. My grandma didn't like. She she learned English when she came here, um, but she like never really got. Uh, she was uh, very you know fluent in English, whatever. But there right. were still words that she like didn't know. Uh-huh. And so what she would do is she would write those words on little post-it notes, oh and god, then put them around awesome. her apartment. And so laxative, I'm sure, was one of those words that she didn't know. But, the, oh but, but there's actually even better. There's an even better one. When we were cleaning out, we, we had to clean our apartment all the fucking time because, again, she was a goddamn hoarder. We had to clean out her apartment. And on the fridge, she had written, she had written in, as one word, as one word, she had written the words turkey clutter. I don't know. I think which. So I still. I have no idea what turkey clutter meant. No, no. Right, but I can only think. What I can only imagine she meant was like clucking, like turkey clucking. Maybe turkey clutter. But that's me meeting her more than halfway. <laughs> you are given. You're given Nona some license on that's, that. One. That's me helping her out a lot. Yeah. Really bad. Oh my god! I love this woman. Turkey clutter. Turkey clutter. Turkey clutter I love. Phenomenal. I love her just passing out like a uh, like a uh, laxative chocolates to you kids. She doesn't even yeah, know like, what it is. She yeah. just knows the word chocolate. Yeah. She's like, these are yeah. fine. These are. I'm sure these are good. They've been working. You know, she she doesn't care for them too much. They make her poop. They should work out fine for the kids. <laughs> make her poop. Okay. All right. Here's here's All right. here's my What's your next one. Okay. Here's my earliest one. This is actually comes mm-hmm. right from Snopes. Okay. Um, so this one is, uh, so this is the odd case of Helen Fail a Greenlaw, New York housewife who was arrested in 1964 for handing out arsenic-laced ant poison buttons as part of a self-evident Halloween joke. Annoyed that many of the trick-or-treaters were too old to be asking for free candy, she made up packages of inedible treats to give to the teenagers. The packages contained dog biscuits, steel wool pads, and the ant buttons, which were clearly marked poison and labeled with a skull and crossbones. She also took the precaution of telling the teenagers that the packages were a joke when she handed them out, and there is no record of anyone's being harmed by her actions. Even so, the potential for harm was there, so she was charged. She pled guilty to endangering children and eventually received a suspended sentence. Now, what I like about that one is she still spent money on getting stuff. Like, she went out of her way, right? Just give the yeah. teenagers a shitty, like, shitty candy. Yeah. Right? Like, just give, just... Them, like, just give them, like, toothpaste. Well, I'll tell you what. Just give them pennies, and yeah. uh, and the sesame candies, right? The sesame oh. seed candies, and uh, and some raisins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe a whole apple. I mean, don't what? Maybe a whole don't apple. give them. Don't give them poison because you know what? That's that's problematic right there. That's problematic. That's not good. That's not good. All right. So what's your next one? If you have uh, a next one. 
Oh, yeah, no, 1974. Oh, the oh, most goodness. notorious. Okay. The most notorious case involving an eight-year-old boy from Texas who passed away after consuming a pixie stick laced with cyanide. Parents were grief-stricken. The father, who had taken the son out with a few of his friends trick-or-treating the night before, helped to help, you know, helped the police find the house where the pixie stick was given out. But it only took a few days for investigators to locate the true culprit, the boy's father. Now, before Halloween, the man had taken out a life insurance policy on his children. And had, he had boasted to his co-workers that his financial situation was about ready to take a turn for the better. Fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, the a... man, Ronald O'Brien, was convicted and sentenced to death after merely an hour-long jury deliberation. Oh, man. And was executed... 10 years later in 1984. You know, fucking hell. So this is a case of, like, the the um, urban legend, you know, the urban legend uh, causing, you know, being the, 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 um, the seed for yeah. somebody to do something. But it's, again, it's like, even in the 70s, uh, you know, the cops, they're pretty good with this stuff. And I'm, I'm sure, like, they're like, you know what, who's the first person that you look at when there's a death in the it's family? It's always the parents. Or it's always it's the parent. closest, the closest family. Right? It's or, like, always if, the family. You know, if a if a wife like we're watching a, a TV show or we see something and the wife is murdered, I'll just turn around to Paul and I'll look at him. I'm like, it's always the spouse. Yeah. It's always <laughs> look, the spouse. You look spouse. at Paul with daggers in your eyes. Like, it's I know. I'm like, the it's always the husband, and he's all like, wait, what? <laughs> I didn't <laughs> do Paul's, anything. Yeah. Where Paul's just sitting there trying to, you know, trying to work the remote, trying to get the batteries changed in the remote or something. I'm like, it's the spouse. Um, <laughs> God love him. Um, so yeah, so he was executed for that. So wow. but these cases caused panic right throughout yeah. the 80s. Fearful of it. Like these children, they're going to become victims. But there's no, um, there is no recorded deaths from poison candy from a stranger. No, no. It's, it, there's the one, I think there's the one case of the, of the parent. Right? Yes. I think that might be the only case. Yes. Um, of yes. like Halloween candy being used in that way. There actually, there have been a couple scares where yes. people like there was one case in in New Jersey on in mm -hmm. an 88 where they believe that they found strychnine poison in um mm -hmm. in some like whatever fruit snacks or whatever and then when they retested it it was just corn starch and so <laughs> you know it's not strychnine it just kind of looks like mm -hmm. like I I wonder what I wonder how that lab messed that up you know what I mean they're like it's strychnine and then it's like oh it's cornstarch uh crap you know, like cornstarch is a is a ginormous. Uh, it's it's so different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not doesn't make it's any strychnine. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. So yeah. the other um, the other thing that actually this reminded me of though was there were a lot of scares when I was a kid of at least in New York, um, mm -hmm. especially like right after nine eleven, there was the scare. There was a scare that um, male would have anthrax. In oh it. yeah. And in yeah. New, in New York, yeah. it was like. I, I don't know if this actually happened or not, but I feel like when I was a kid, at least, I remember there being rumors that like, oh, you know, like um, whatever, Timmy's parents found anthrax and they died, you know, or oh like whatever. God. And like when you were a kid, you didn't know what anthrax was. You just thought like you breathed it in and you died. You right. Know? Well, it's anthrax. Or even, even I remember, I remember, I actually, I distinctly remember this. I had a friend who was terrified that airplane exhaust again, like the air trails, the the water trails. She Hashtag was chemtrails. Shut up, Marie. She was terrified <laughs> that um, those were spreading anthrax, or that they could use them to spread anthrax, right? Hmm. And it's you know, a and, solution. Well, and the thing is, the thing is, in New York, 
they actually were spraying at that time for West Nile virus. Mm-hmm. So there were mm-hmm. nights, there were nights where like in the paper, they were like, you're going to smell something weird. Don't go outside. Oh, yeah, because that always helps. Yeah. That always helps. Ridiculous, that right? That always helps the people. Well, in, in 1982 as well, a little bit, maybe, you know, a little bit before your time, but Chicago, 1982, the Tylenol murders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so random. So that, I think, caused, like, that's in a terrifying random you know like a terrorist attack kind of thing in america caused by an american that was just completely you know unforeseen and i think that that sort of helps that helps move it you know that helps kind of keep that portion alive yeah absolutely i would say that the so the other the other part of it is like well what about like sharp things so you got poison kind of you know there's nobody poisoning candy but what about sharp objects Mm mm-hmm did you guys, did you find anything on sharp objects? I didn't know. That was another one where it was like, I think there were, I think there were some cases of like, I, I didn't even look at, to be honest, for sharp objects. Did you? Did you find yes, any? Well, what did you find? So they were saying since about 1959, there's been 80 reports of sharp, sharp objects in food. Wow. Okay. But they've been, they've been hoaxes. Um, but really when the stories have turned out to be, to be true, the sharp object was placed there in the food by a friend or relative as a prank mm, what a yeah what a prank <laughs> which is which is really really smart hilarious really great i prank, love i love funny. you know i'm always ripping yeah. my friend's esophagus is open from the mm-hmm. inside as pranks you know they always and they're always like oh, <laughs> so funny chris and then they die good it's stuff. a good one um the first organized attempt uh for a sharp object in a Halloween treat that's recorded was uh, in 2000. James Joseph Smith, Minneapolis, allegedly stuck needles in the Snickers bars he handed out to trick-or-treaters. Several of the children bit into the bars, but he didn't have, it didn't, because they were needles, they didn't have, they, you know, uh, it sounds like there was only one injury. Okay. But uh, he was charged uh, with, uh, you know, substance uh, tampering with a substance with intent to harm, harm death or illness. Uh-huh. So it's like you know, I think there was wow. that that was that one thing. And again, this is all from HalloweenLove.com. There have well, there have been cases where like there are people who will put um, poisoned treats out for dogs, mm. right? Or like even they'll put um, bastards. Yeah, yeah, you know where they'll put. I mean, I've seen even on Reddit a couple times. Mm-hmm. I've seen people where they're like. You know, oh my God! Like, look at this. Someone left this out on a trail for, um, on a, like a dog walking trail, and it's like a dog mm-hmm. tree with like a razor blade in it or something. And who knows if that's true or it's just people on Reddit trying to get karma points or whatever. But, um, you know, but the, the well, uh, one part of this that actually the sharp objects part at least, mm-hmm. the reason why I find that one so fascinating is because it's linked. It is linked to a. So again, just to be clear, listeners, there have been no reported cases of this. From what I'm, I'm hearing, Marie, no, no real besides that one. Let me see. Which was in 2000. <laughs> which is pretty well. I mean, so uh, there. I think there has been actually there. There has been more of a cause uh, for razor blades and or sharp objects, and it's more studied. Okay. But there's but there's no rash epidemic. There's so, been no okay, okay. actual right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So the mm-hmm. reason why I'm I'm actually I find I find that part of it actually fascinating, and this is the part that I did um, research up to for this part, mm-hmm. 
is it um oh god the listeners are getting a sense of how the sausage is made here on the mad scientist podcast <laughs> rough times so the um, well, trick or treat people trick or treat people you're getting a trick no you're getting it. so uh peakerism is a paraphilia where the idea or the act of stabbing someone with a thin sharp object is considered mm-hmm. sexual so you get a sexual thrill from you say wackadoos <laughs> I just I just channeled my Nana nice so Mm -hmm. there are cases of this actually occurring not that long ago in New York City there was a case and even in Boston too actually from when I was living there there was a case of a person getting onto the subway and stabbing women in the butt with pins right Um, and there's also of course the most famous peakerist of all time Albert Fish the werewolf of wisteria um, a, a very famous American serial killer who, when they uh, when they found him, when they when they put him in jail and they X-rayed him, he had something like a hundred uh, various clothespins in his groin. Oh. Um, he just liked he liked pain. He liked the feeling of of uh, this happening to him. And so, and there have and so that to me actually uh, puts that actually to me put an edge of truth to that story of uh, the pins and things and candy, you know. Because mm-hmm. there are people with that, you know, th- I mean, of course, though, there are people that, like, enjoy, um, there's, there are mental, um, mental proclivities that cause someone, for instance, to poison a loved one or something, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of mm-hmm. get off on the idea of you taking care of them, right? Um, similar mm-hmm. like Munchausen syndrome or Munchausen by proxy. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, there's really no, um, there's nothing like peakerism. It's so weird and spooky. No, you know, it's like legitimately scary. Yeah, and it, it is almost like a virus or something. Like this comes out, and it you know you see. Um, I was reading like in '67, like the the focus of this of this you know this urban myth goes from poison to the sharp objects, and it like becomes it gets such momentum behind it that it can even cause like it even caused uh, state legislators. Oh wow! Past. Well, yeah. So I was saying, um, if there's one thing Jersey, politi- if there's one thing Jersey? politicians love, it's not it's mm, passing laws mm. that do nothing for nobody. <laughs> outrage! Zing! Outrage was so strong in New Jersey that state legislature passed a law shortly before Halloween in 1968 mandating prison terms for those caught booby trapping apples. I mean, yeah, no shit. You should go to. I mean, what? I know, I know, but you know, to me, it's like that they didn't really, and you know, and again, in in kind of going through and researching it, it there is no clean cut, you know, case that was that that's on the books that I could find that is sort of um, that shows this. A right, lot of them of, came of back to be hoaxes, or again, hoaxes, or uh, or somebody else you know again trying to poison someone else or just something something along those lines so it's to me it's just like it's so weird because it's like yeah my parents still cut up stuff paul when we come home from um from going out with a with little girl um he'll open up the candy and go through it and it's sort of like again like you don't even know that you're doing it until you're doing it so I think there is something to be said for like checking candy and in particular, like, and not, not the sense of like opening up every Reese's cup and whatever and cutting mm-hmm. into them. And mm-hmm. like, that's, that seems a little excessive. Um, but like, I remember when I was a kid, you know, usually my, my mom was like, whatever, don't worry about it. But there were even candies that like, I wouldn't eat 
because I was like, this seems sketchy, <laughs> right? And so in particular, mm-hmm. I remember, and this, and it's so unfortunate though, because I'm sure this stuff was, was I'm sure it was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. We had in my neighborhood, a lot of families that were like immigrants, or obviously, right? It's New York City. We had a lot of immigrants. And so there were a couple houses I remember where the families were like straight from China, right? Like they, they, they like, you know, I mean, straight from China, like, um, they had kids that were like in my classes or like my school or whatever that I knew, but the the parents themselves had come over from China at some point in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I I distinctly remember there was one house that gave out Halloween candy, that was like, it was like they were like handmade cakes and stuff, right? Yeah. Like I'm yeah. sure I'm sure the grandma and the mom, um, worked their butts off. Like I'm sure the whole I don't, I don't know who did it. It was always the mom or the grandma handing them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like assuming that that's who did it, but who knows? It could have been the kids. It could have been maybe they bought them at Pathmark. I have no fucking idea, right? But so, uh, I just I always felt bad not eating that stuff because I was like, oh, like I'm sure they worked so hard at this, but it's nah. not happy, right? Like, right. yeah, like, yeah, right. it's not safe. It's not right. safe, right? Right. But if and you so, would like and, to go over to their house, sit down, oh, I totally would. do homework me? with the, you know, with your buddy and they'd come in and you'd be like, hey, how about a piece of it? You'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah. You better believe I do. Starf, you know? starf, starf, yes. Yeah. But so like, and so, and I remember though too, there wasn't even those, it wasn't just like cakes and stuff. I remember there were other houses that would give out like candy with, um, I remember there was one house that always gave out Korean candy. And it was always like, it was like so, it wasn't sweet. It was like savory. And so, it, and it wasn't even like, like it was wrapped up, whatever, but you just wouldn't eat it because you were like, uh. What the hell but it was is like, this? Yeah. But it was such a cool, like, oh man. Like, I wish I could go back and get that stuff. Now I go out on purpose and try to find, like, candy from other countries and stuff. Yes. But now, you know, yeah. But when you're a kid and it's like, again, you're, you're, um, your repertoire and your palate's pretty limited to right. the crap Sweet. chocolate, right? Right, like yeah. you're gonna yeah. get your Twix bars, you're gonna get your Reese's pieces, right? You're hoping for the full size of that crap. But so and yeah. it's like, and it's brightly wrapped. And if you get something that's a little different, you're like, uh, no. Yeah. Trying no, to feed it, was, it to yeah. your younger brother or something, be like, here, try this. I'll trade you. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just like I think that that's again that sort of human nature, even within the holidays. If it's different than what is the norm you immediately are like, you know, which is so strange because it's the holiday where the, all the norms are supposed to be broken, but really at the end of the night, you're going to, you're going back for the Mars bar, you know? Right. (sighs) So there's one other little quick thing we wanted to touch Mm -hmm. on, which is the really interesting aspect of this holiday. And also kind of a lot of the holidays we, we celebrate where they have links to pagan customs, but Mm -hmm. in particular, Every holiday seems to have its, well, besides besides Christmas in an interesting way, I guess I guess in the sense of, um, if you are a Christian, Christmas does have its, uh, its similar day, which would be uh, Good Friday, I mm-hmm. guess, um, the day that Jesus was yep. um, was buried. Yes. Right. Yes. But then that, that was the day he he pushed. Yep. 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 Right, and so. Um, but Halloween is like we were kind of saying it has links to these ideas of holidays of death of, um, mm-hmm. you know, of the harvest, of kind of the, the, the end, the yeah. end of the season, the end of, of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. And on the other hand, we have another holiday 
Easter that celebrates the beginning of, of life. Kind of like, you know, if Halloween is the holiday of death, Easter is the holiday of life. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's why we have things like rabbits and eggs and stuff. Yeah. Um, because they're all linked to fertility. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is, but, I think, totally interesting. And again, you wear special clothes just for yeah. that day. Yeah. We actually, we, we're actually working on an episode on ceremonial magic clothing. Um, because it does. Yeah, it has... Like in Halloween, we see it with the with mumming, with souling, right? Mm-hmm. With you dressing up as something evil. Mm-hmm. On Easter, you wear your best clothing. You mm-hmm. you know, well, you dress up in in pastels and little yeah. hats and whatever. Yeah. I oh, guess <laughs> I don't know. And uh, you know, and uh, you're getting and yeah. you're getting a little hat this Easter, buddy. Um, yeah, like oh, Easter yeah. Easter bonnet, right? With with all of the like heavily or you know, um, flowers and all the stuff on it. Yeah. Right, totally. But one aspect that's kind of interesting that, that Marie and I were talking about a little bit, Marie, you had brought this up initially to me, and I had never noticed how strange it was, was that we actually, we have, so H- Halloween traditionally would be the holiday where you celebrate the harvest as mm-hmm. well. Yes. And you celebrate the bounty of nature on top of it being kind of the end of of the year. Yes. Right, the end of the harvest season yes. and, and the coming of this next period of, of kind of uh, desolation is a little bit of a strong word for it. Well, but, winter, you know, a, a t- winter. Yeah. A time, yeah. a time of, uh, a time of, I guess not again, suffering is a little strong. What am I, what's the word I'm looking for here, Marie? Well, austerity. Like, it's much more yes, austerity. Absolutely. Absolutely. A time of, of saving and a time of mm-hmm. being prepared and having to live off of what you've already gotten. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. But in America, we celebrate Halloween, and then a couple of weeks later, we have Thanksgiving. Yes. Right? Which is really weird. Yes. I Actually, think, yeah. if, you, if you think about it in terms of, like, we've almost split up our harvest holiday from our death holiday. <laughs> right? Yes, I think that that's very true. And you can't have the two things. I think, especially in America, it's too hard to socialize those two things together and have them feel good. And right. the thing I think is also really crazy and interesting about that is you have the same, again, so the end of the harvest, the last vegetation that you're going to be bringing in are like gourds and, yeah. and root vegetables um, and the pumpkin. So you have Halloween where you're carving the pumpkin from, from the lore and myth. And then the biggest, you know, the biggest dessert in Thanksgiving or one of the biggest that is almost sort of it's canon is pumpkin pie. Sure. Which yeah. is this weird like this weird continuation of that one symbol throughout this holiday. Throughout both yeah, holidays. It's, yeah, it's a weird like it almost makes me think that you know what it kinda of reminds me of actually is hmm. the um it reminds me a lot of the Chinese month of ghosts. Yes. Right? That you have at the beginning of the of the season you have a holiday where the gates of hell are opened, and so you're uh, you're actively performing ceremonies and things to kind of um, you know kind of humor and honor the dead, mm-hmm. right? To keep to keep bad spirits from you. And then at the end of that period, you have another holiday, another feast kind of day, where you celebrate the reclosing of hell and the beginning of a of a new period. Right? Yes, kind of reminds me of that too. We almost have. We almost do in America have a a beginning to this month of harvest, mm-hmm. right? 
mm-hmm. and then an end, and then a very end where we're um, where we're actively utilizing what we've had to have a big feast and think think nature and can and, and I mean yeah you know the, what's really interesting is what we today think of as Thanksgiving is built upon all kinds of myths as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do a full Thanksgiving episode, honestly. Oh, we're totally um, doing it. It's, you know, but there's a really good book out there on the history of Thanksgiving. It's not just the history of Thanksgiving. It's actually the history of the Plymouth Colony hmm. and um, and their, and just their, their building and the Indian Wars, um, King Philip's War in particular, mm-hmm. that occurred. And it's called, mm. uh, it's called Mayflower. Hmm. And it's, uh, it came out not that long ago. I want to say maybe two to four years ago it came out, somewhere in that time span. But that book is fascinating. It's really, really great. I, I highly suggest it for you, um, listeners. But basically what it, what it talks about is how the very first Thanksgiving that was actually celebrated was, um, was again, like not the, the view that we have of like a period where we're giving thanks to um, the, the native peoples that lived here for helping us and stuff, right? Like, the mm-hmm. first thing that settlers did when they got here was they disturbed a burial mound and stole some corn. That was, like, on the first day. Smooth. You know what I mean? That was the first day, and they Way were like, they'll forgive welcome. us. Yeah, they were welcome. like, they'll, they'll forgive us. It'll yeah, be fine. Be and the thing is that the, thing is that the, the, the chief at the, at, of the time who lived in the Plymouth area did forgive them. Naturally. And then they ended up shitting on him anyways. Because right? we're so but, good with that. Because we're so good with that. We're, like, super good with that. But anyways, but so the original day of Thanksgiving actually was, like, a day of, like, somber prayer and abstinence. Because hmm. it was a Puritan mm-hmm. day, right? <laughs> like you, yeah. 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 You, like, didn't eat. You didn't do anything. You just, like, prayed all day and gave thanks to God. And we've, like, completely subverted that, right? Thanksgiving is a day for, for eat, getting really fat and eating so much that you fall asleep. And football. And football. Right, yeah, of like of like ritualized violence, like ridiculous. But I do think that there's something weird about like you have the carved jack o' lantern, which is the representation of Halloween, yeah, and not and not evil per se, but like sort of all of that. And you're you're gonna take that and you're gonna cook it into something sweet, right? You right? You you eat. You're gonna you're gonna distill all the evil right out of it, and you're gonna put a little Cool Whip on top. Well, it's it's almost it's almost again like. I can foresee in a thousand years or a thousand years, like, let's say, okay, after when you and I are just brains in boxes. Well, I was going to say after the inevitable nuclear war. Yes. And, uh, you know, aliens are sifting through the ashes of our past civilizations (laughs) and, um, and they find, you know, they, they come to find out that we had this holiday where we seem to worship, uh, Jack, a a spirit in the form of a jack-o'-lantern. And then a few months later we eat the spirit's innards. As part of a ceremonial pie, right? It's gonna take on such weird significance of like, yeah, like we're we're uh, we're worshiping and then killing our god, you know? Like it's like I can I can totally foresee that happening and being really interesting and cool. Um, yeah, and they're gonna be Anyways. like, and they're like, who were these jackasses, man? <laughs> who were these people? God. Yeah. Oh. oh my goodness. Well, anyways, listeners, we hope you've had a good Halloween. We hope that you are having a good time listening we hope you're gonna have a good year absolutely we hope you have more treats and tricks my friends yes this is the this is really the official start of our second year on the air as a show you know (laughs) really i mean the first episodes we did of this show were um were lacking in quality 
let's say. Oh my god. And they've gotten better. And so I like to think that our very first Slowly. episode was Slowly. our episode, our first episode in my mind was on Halloween last year. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's just it just kept going from there. So um, I thought it'd be kind of funny or kind of cool too to talk about some topics we're thinking of covering in the coming year. Yes. To give you guys a little bit of a taste. I think that sounds good. So we're like we said, the ritualized or magical clothing. That's gonna be a really cool episode, I think. That's gonna be good. We're looking at doing an episode on the the consciousness or communicative abilities of trees and plants. Oh snap. <laughs> from a really sweet book that was given to us by one of our patrons, Robert. Oh. Um, which is gonna be amazing. It's gonna be really, really good. We're we're looking at doing an episode, more episodes on alien abductions. In particular, I'm hoping to do an episode on um, on some relatively recent but relatively famous abduction cases, including one that is in a book by uh, Kathleen Martin mm. called The Alien Abduction Files, which I'm currently reading my way through. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. we may try to cover that case a little bit in its, in its entirety because it has a lot of really interesting facets to it. We're going to get crazy people. It's going to get we're gonna spooky, get, it's crazy gonna get spooky. goodness it's gonna get up spooky. in here. And we're also, we're also thinking of doing an episode. We're going to do an episode on chemtrails. Oh, hells yeah. We're going to do an episode on the uh, we're, military. We're going to see if we can get through the episode on chemtrails without Chris just fucking losing his shit. We're going to try. We're going to try. I, I'm putting my money down on no. I'm so excited. <laughs> we're going to see. It's going to be so good. We're also going to do an episode <laughs> on the military industrial complex. And all of the myths surrounding that kind of idea. So fun little, do... fun little light ditties like the military and military industrial complex. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah fun. And then we're, we're also going to do some episodes on uh, GMOs. Oh, good. Yeah. I want to do one on the idea of MK Ultra. <gasps> My absolute favorite. Which is going to be really My good. Favorite. And then, uh, and then whatever you listeners think might be interesting. Please you know, if let you us have know. Cool, if you have cool topics that you want to want to hear us cover. Oh, oh. Oh. Uh, Keller, Kelleher had a phenomenal idea today, actually, on the mm-hmm. Astonishing Legends, um, on the Astonishing Legends Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So shout out to that, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we stealing this? Is this something that we shouldn't be using? No, no, we're not stealing Fuck it. it. He asked, Fuck me, it. Let's take he asked it. me about it. Oh, okay. Uh, we're gonna do one. We're gonna do one on. Um, we're gonna do one on the. The scientific potential explanations for uh, telling the future uh, of, um, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, of uh-huh. kind of getting into the, um, like, I guess the word, what's the word I'm looking for, Marie? Divination? I guess divination maybe is a good one. Um, is it the more a little science-based bit... or is it more like, you know, like being no, able to... More... Yeah, no, no, more science-based for sure. Like kind of a kind of going into the idea of like how can one actually can one tell the future in dreams oh uh, yeah divination so Somewhat divination. divination yeah phenomenal anyways so if you have other cool ideas for episodes please let us know dear listeners and uh dear and yeah. listeners in a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. 
We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that helped shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 